What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Four Corners Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Money Miles J, because when money talks, people listen. And today, it is July 18th, 2021. This is the Money in the Bank predictions episode, where we're going to be discussing my predictions for Money in the Bank, pay-per-view that's going to be airing tonight. I am also going to be discussing the recent passing of a WrestleMania headliner, as well as a few other things. So you guys, sit tight, and welcome to a new episode of Four Corners. One, two, three, four. So here we are with our Money in the Bank predictions episode here on Four Corners Podcast. Now, before I get into the predictions, I did want to mention that finally the fans are back in the arenas. We are done with the Thunderdome, so no more staring at screens and listening to piped in fan reactions to everything. We finally get the actual people yelling, cheering, and screaming. Like we always had. So, with that being said, we get to see what works and what doesn't work. As always, I'm going to, before I go into the predictions, I'm going to give you guys a quick follow-up on everything that's been happening for the previous, for the previous peer review leading up to this one. And I'm going to also touch on a few other things, including the death of Paul Orndorff. Death of Bismarcky, and a few and a few debuts in Impact Wrestling. So, with our hot dog and grandstand out of the way, let's get to the first story. Okay, first things up is Mister Mister Wonderful Paul Orndorff, who had headlined WrestleMania, the very first WrestleMania, had recently passed on July twelfth, twenty twenty one, at the age of seventy one. He was known for his time back when he was wrestling in WCW and, of course, definitely WWF, the current WWE, for a lot of, a lot of young guys out there, young guys and girls. He was inducted into the Hall of Fame back in 2005. He was, in NWA, he was in the NWA Hall of Fame in 2009. He became a national star back in the 80s during the wrestling boom. And he even had the manager, Bobby Heaney, who was part of the Heenan family. Which, I have to say, is like probably one of the best collection of heels altogether. And Bobby Heenan, there's a reason why they call him the brain. I can go on and on and do a full episode on just Bobby Heenan by himself. But it's sad to say that just about everybody in the Heenan family has passed. You got Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff, Andre the Giant, Rick Rude, King Kong Bundy. Man, it's kind of sad to think about it. It's like when you look at that picture of Bret Hart when you, with him and the rest of the Hart Foundation 
how Brett is the only one that's still left alive in that photo. It's real sad to look back on. But Paul Orndorff, he start he graduated from the University of Tampa. He was originally a fullback, but became a tight end during midseason before before getting into wrestling. When he started off, he actually started off just just around around where everybody else did back in the seventies and eighties, mid south. Um, he was feuding with young Jerry Lawler at the time, and he feuded with other people, worked with others, including Ernie Ladd. But he had just an extensive career. He he eventually ended up in WWE, WWF, World Wrestling Federation in 83 and he actually got the nickname Mr. Wonderful from Rowdy Roddy Piper there was there was the there was so many stories about Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff and I really wish that I that I knew them all off the top of my head I don't know them just yet, but I'm gonna. But for for this time around, I'm actually gonna just save it for another episode, and I'll keep you guys posted. It'll be a standalone episode, and possibly might just show up on my YouTube channel as an exclusive. Who knows? But anyway, he actually suffered an arm arm atrophy, which is a nerve injury. Um, he actually suffered that through back in 2000 and it led him to retire it was it was kind of bad to see it it was horrible and i can only imagine like the nagging nagging injuries that he had on top of all that keep in mind these guys were wrestling on these mats that were just so freaking hard um, he was eventually treated for cancer back in 2011 and then he was even suffering from dementia. Like this was just terrible. Like he's, it was unknown if it played a role in his death. But it's just sad to hear all this stuff going on. He was also part of the class action lawsuit that was filed against WWE for the long-term neurological injuries, resulting in CTE. And his son, Travis, had actually believed that his father, his father's dementia was a result of CTE. But most likely, they're probably going to they're probably going to do a study and try to get an understanding of it. But it's just sad to see another another le- legend just pass. It's sad to hear it. All these guys just passing away. And it's just it's good to know that they lived full lives. Did something with themselves. They accomplished many things. He's accomplished plenty. And it's just it's just sad to hear it. It's like every time you turn around there's another celebrity or there's another wrestler who just passed. In fact, yet again, there was actually another celebrity who had just passed recently. Biz Marquis died on July 16th of this year. 
Bismarcky was probably was probably one of the most influential um, songwriters back in the eighties. He did mostly comedy hip hop. Although he has done all he has done um, basic hip hop, he was known for his song. <laughs> I think you all guys know know that song. It's been par- it's been used in so many different things. You you got what I need. But you say he just a friend. But you say he just a friend. Oh baby. No, I'm just messing. <laughs> I'm just messing. But yeah, that was probably one of his biggest hits. It's been used in so many songs. Other people's songs, somebody's even covered it. I think it was I think it was like Mario or somebody. I know there was a guy named Mario and then there was a Mario Winans. I don't unless they're the same person. I don't think they're the same person. But but anyway, one of them had did a cover, did their own version of it that wasn't played for comedy. And it was just that was probably his biggest hit. Because it was that one and make the music with your mouth. Make the music with your mouth is. Those songs, like, those are probably his biggest hits that he's known for. Um, he was, back in April of last year, he was diagnosed, he was um, hospitalized. Um, he had severe type 2 diabetes. And he was staying in a rehab because he had, because he also had a stroke in that this past December. And he even went into a diabetic coma. His health was not at his best. I know there was um there was like reports circling around on the first of July. Um that it was the first of July, they were like on um, reports of him being dead and I didn't believe him. But he was still under medical care the entire time. Um, he had died 15 days later at the age of 57. And it's just, like I said, it's just sad seeing these guys go. doesn't matter what age they are. It's just sad to see them go. They lived full lives, but there was so much more that they could have added. There's always more that you can do. And it's hard, and it's hard to look at it. I mean... I think I've lost so many friends and families, family members over the past few months. She was so many over the past over the past year. It's ridiculous. That's why I always appreciate life. That's why I always live it to the fullest. It doesn't matter how I feel about you. I always I always respect others. Love others. See them as my brothers and sisters. It doesn't matter what color you are, what height you are, where you're from. We're humans. We live on this earth. We share this planet. Life's too short for us to hold grudges. Like 57, That's to me, that's young. 57 is young. But this is why people say 
down and take care of yourself in the best way possible. You know, you know how many times how many times have you heard somebody say like, "Hey, well, at least you got your health." Whenever something bad goes happen, they all, bad happens. They always say, "Hey, at least you got your health." That's why it's so important. Because if you don't have your health, then what do you have? I think that one thing I remember the music video. I'll talk about this marquee a little bit more before I move on, but I just wanted to mention that I remember the music video to to just a friend and how crazy it was. But the one thing that I remember the most was Saints Row Four. A video game of all things because in this in the video game they actually used the song um, near the end and they actually had every they had every voice actor singing along with the song and like they all get they all had at least one line and then they all sung the hook together and Michael Clark Duncan who had just passed was supposed to be voicing a character in the game. Uh, he was supposed to be voicing the character of Benjamin King. Um, he had passed before they could finish the game. And then they had went ahead and after he had passed, they had somebody else replace him. But they still snuck in. They still were able to record some stuff. In fact, what it is in the credits, they have him, they have everybody singing the song. And then it slowly fades everybody out, and you hear Michael Clark Duncan singing that song. And it's just, it kind of brings a tear to your eye. It was just a lot of fun because you could hear the, the amount of energy that they're having when they're joking around and singing that song. It's a fun song. But I'm get, I feel like I'm getting off topic. But it was just. Bismarcky was very was very unique when he came to his comedy hip hop. He was one of the first guys to do it, and he's gonna be truly missed. Now, we're moving on to our predictions for Money in the Bank twenty twenty one. We will be we. I'm acting like I'm there. Jeez. It is actually being held live in Fort Worth, Texas at Dickies Arena. It will be obviously Raw and SmackDown. But one of the matches that actually got canceled, just a heads up, was supposed to be Bailey versus Bianca Belair for the SmackDown Women's Championship. It was recently announced that Bailey had injured herself while she was training. And she's going to be out possibly for six months. Six to nine months. Um, I don't have the full information on what the injury was. But once I do, I'm going to make sure that I do have it posted up and discuss it. So be sure to follow me on Twitter. Follow me on Instagram. That is at J. Also, the show's Instagram, which is at 4corners89. And we'll try and keep you up to date. But we're going to run down the card and we're going to go over our predictions and tell you what leads up to what. So, first things first, I'm going to be discussing the pre-show match 
which is Rey and Dominic Mysterio versus the Usos for the WWE SmackDown Tag Team Championships. Now, just a heads up, there was recently an issue with with Jimmy Uso. He was actually he was actually arrested in Florida. Um, this time it was a DUI. He again a DUI. Jeez. Yeah, another DUI in Florida. In the past, I say in the past decade, he's had at least four, at least four or five arrests. One, one isn't that good. But the thing is, the fact that it's a DUI and and it wasn't like anything else, a DUI of all things, like the fact that he was drunk driving, is what kills me, because. You think about anybody that that gets into an accident with a drunk driver. How many times have you heard it where it's the drunk driver who's completely fine, unharmed. And then it's usually the innocent bystander who is hurt or even worse, who dies because of this. It's ridiculous because when you drink like that and you drive, you're putting yourself, especially others, in danger. It's irresponsible. I mean, if you're going to be going out drinking and you know you're going to be wasted, you got to try and make sure that you take a cab. You got to realize that, hey, I know I'm going to be I know I'm going to be out getting sauced. So, I'm going to try and find a way home. I'm not going to drive. But I don't I don't understand. But you got to you got to take some type of responsibility. For yourself and your actions. So it was reported on. I know it was actually reported on TMZ. That he was arrested for DUI. And the cops had pulled him over. Around 10.35pm. Monday in Pensacola. As the cops say that he ran a red light. And being clocked going 50 miles per hour in the 35 zone. They said that he's. And in the documents, they said that the officers say during subsequent questioning, they smell booze on on the 35-year-old. They asked him to exit his Dodge Charger. A Dodge Charger? And he's drinking. They gave him a breathalyzer, and it came back at 2, 0.205. Wow. 0.205, and Florida's legal limit is a 0.08. That is more, that is, wow. That's not just like a couple of beers here and there. Like, that is, that is getting wasted beyond, beyond repair. And the the funny thing is, like I said before, this is hurting, this is hurting not just him, but it's hurting people around him. Because there was also the fact that his wife was actually, um, who goes by Naomi, um, Trinity, she's been bullied and cyber bullied and just getting all these toxic people just coming at her to the point where she had to deactivate her Twitter. Now she's completely innocent in all this and yet she's suffering too. This is what, this is what happens. Other people suffered, not just you. 
I know a lot of other wrestlers and a few other fans are showing support to her, but this is just insane. There's got to be some point where he takes some personal responsibility. When I said the same thing, I said the same thing when it happened to Matt. Matt Hardy was on all kinds of, was just drinking. Jeff was a complete wreck. I can't even, I can't even go into, going into describing how Jeff was. If you need an idea of how messed up Jeff was, I suggest looking at looking at TNA's pay-per-view Victory Road. That match that he had against Sting. It's ridiculous. And WWE has yet to comment on this. They have yet to pull him from any of the matches or any shows or anything like that. I mean, I don't even think they even posted anything about it. Because normally they would say, like, Jonathan Fatu, they'll say, they'll use his real name, Jonathan Fatu, is responsible for his own actions, something to that effect. But, got nothing. But it's, it's, it's ridiculous. It kills me and it touches home because I've had, I've had I had lost a cousin not too long ago because of a drunk driver who didn't want to take responsibility. She got behind the wheel knowing that she's messed up and ends up crashing crashing in him and then he ends up getting crashed into getting crashed into another car and instead of staying there to instead of calling 911 to help out she goes leaves the scene of the crime and she tries to get herself checked out I'm 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 not gonna go too much into that because I'm end up losing end up losing it. But point is there should be no way that him and him and his brother win the tag team titles tonight. Because of this, he should to me he should have been taken off T V. But I can understand them stating that that they already promoted him for this and that, but yeah, there's no way that you should be rewarding this behavior. So, first matchup, I'm predicting that the Mysterios actually defend the tag team titles, and it should lead to lead to them defending titles at SummerSlam. Um, some people say Alpha Academy should be going up against them. Um, I'm probably gonna go with Alpha Academy and and the Mysterios. At SummerSlam, I think that's probably the best thing going. Like they're the best tag team going right now, or at least the only notable tag team on SmackDown outside of the Usos and the Mysterios. So we're gonna go with that. Now, the other matches, I'm not gonna go in any particular order. I'm just gonna start off with the men's Money in the Bank ladder match for a WWE champ. For a world championship contract at any time that they wish. We have in the match, we have Ricochet, John Morrison, or Johnny Drip Drip. We have Matt Riddle, Drew McIntyre, Big E, Kevin Owens, King Nakamura, and Seth Rollins. Now, I'm going to break it down. Like They've been building up Seth a little bit. 
Shinsuke Nakamura recently defeated recently defeated King Corbin to become the new King of the Ring. He took the crown. He is now King Nakamura. Kevin Owens, he's already had multiple shots. Then you got Big E, who's been they've been building up here and there. But they haven't done anything with him since him dropping the Intercontinental title to to Apollo Crews. Apollo Crews? Yeah. Almost called him Apollo Creed. <laughs> but Drew McIntyre. Now, what happened with Drew McIntyre on Raw is that he's been battling Bobby Lashley to get his WWE Championship back. So, the last match that he had was at Hell in a Cell. With the winner, with if, the stipulation was that if Drew McIntyre lost, he would never get another shot at the title. So, with that being said, this seems to be his workaround for it. So, with him winning money in the bank, he can use it to cash in on Bobby Lashley and win the title. I seriously doubt that. I'm just getting fatigued from... I'm already getting fatigued from um from seeing him and Bobby Lashley go at it. And in fact, he has lost every single match that he's... Well, not every single match. But most of his matches against Bobby Lashley since Bobby Lashley won the title. And it's just kind of sad when you constant. It's okay to have fun with the chase, having him chase for the title. But when you constantly give him shot after shot after shot, it gets tiresome. Like, how many shots are you going to give him to the point where he actually wins? Like, we need to change things up. We can't have the same people going after it. So, I really don't think that they need to have Drew McIntyre win Money in the Bank. Ricochet and John Morrison, these guys are the high flyers. They're going to do the big, big spots. So, this is going to be one hell of a match. I seriously don't think that they're going to do anything with either one of them. They haven't done it in a while. So, those two are not my choice. The next person... Seth Rollins. In fact, he actually won the he actually won the fatal four way that they had between King between um King Nakamura, Kevin Owens, Big E, and himself. And showing his dominance by climbing the ladder and taking the taking the briefcase down. I actually think that's the guy that he pinned that's gonna get in. WWE has always been under the idea that they can have the Money in the Bank contract winner lose on TV and lose because he's got the contract. He's got a guaranteed shot. Well, we proved time and time again that it's not guaranteed. But anyway, I say my money is on Big E winning this one. I really, really want I want Big E to win it. It just seems like it's just made for him to win this time around. I'm all for it because I can see him getting revenge for his New Day brethren because he beat because Bobby Lashley beat the crap out of 
Xavier Woods. And then I feel like I'm spoiler alert for the WWE Championship. My pick on that, Bobby Lashley. I just feel like Bobby Lashley is going to end up. <laughs> Bobby Lashley is going to end up just destroying Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods tonight. Bob, um, Big E comes in, got the Money in the Bank briefcase, and he's ready to, and he's ready to challenge or threaten. Drew McIntyre, I mean, not Drew McIntyre, I keep getting everybody mixed up. Sorry, you guys. But ready to take on Bobby Lashley. Get a measure of revenge. But with that, with that, there was also rumors going around that Goldberg is going to be returning. And he's going to be on Monday Night Raw. And they're going to be building up between a match between Bobby Lashley and Goldberg. If this does happen... I do want I do want Big E to win. So that way when Goldberg challenges for the WWE Championship and possibly beats Bobby Lashley, you can have Big E cash in on Goldberg and he can have his dream match because on their podcast, this was like years ago, he always said that he wanted to be the next Goldberg. Um, Bobby Lashley said that he always wanted to be... I'm not Bobby Lashley, but Big E. Sorry, you guys. He said that he always wanted to be the next Bill Goldberg. And defeating him would be, this, would be the way of doing it. So he always, so his dream match was always to be going against Bill Goldberg. So there's his chance. As far as some other stuff, I do got to mention this. That Bobby Lashley leading into the pay-per-view. Bobby Lashley actually. I'm sorry, Bobby. La- I'm sorry, I'm losing losing my train of thought here. But Bobby Lashley had actually lost to Xavier Woods of all people in a one-on-one match. So what was funny to me was the fact that Xavier Woods actually stated. The same thing that I've been stating and a few other podcasters who are huge wrestling fans is that when the champion loses a non-title match to somebody, then the challenger should automatically receive a title shot. Xavier Woods has mentioned that he has always been... He has always wanted to have the King of the Ring or bring back the King of the Ring tournament. So he actually stated that he will forego his WWE Championship opportunity to have a one-night King of the Ring in which he would want... I think he said that he wanted, like, um... I forgot who he said that he he wanted somebody at the other end of it. Hold on. Let me try and find it. Give me... Give me one second, you guys. I'm actually going to try and find a tweet for you guys. Alright, so here it is. Sorry about that. So he's so he had tweeted out saying, Last night I beat WWE Champion. Beat a WWE Champion. Normally that means I'm owed a championship match. I like to exchange that for a one-night King of the Ring tournament at the company's earliest convenience. And I like Riddle on the opposite end of the bracket. I owe him one. There was plenty of typos, but still. <laughs> um, he even tweeted. 
he even changed the um, he even changed his profile photo to him putting Lashley in a crossface. Um, he ended up beating Lashley in a in a um distraction roll up, basically. This was this past Monday to go home show to Money in the Bank. So, um, with that, he ended up leaving. Bobby Lashley so angry he ended up leaving for the night. Um, near the end of the night, it was the last show in the Thunderdome. So he had so MVP decided to have at the end of the night one final um VIP lounge episode. So he invited Lashley out with the women, drinks of champagne to cheer him up. Bobby Lashley comes out disheveled, and he gives one of the best promos he's ever given in WWE. And he has such intensity and anger in his voice, and it's just really real and raw. And saying that it's time for bullshit is over. Time, time to get back to business. Which I think the Lashley girls are not coming back. I guess they can't travel. At least I think. So, with that, he starts telling them that Kofi was right. That I appreciate everything that you've done for me, but you're doing not. But this is just nothing more than a distraction. With the women and the champagne, and then he throws out the chairs, the couches, the champagne the tables, and everything. And he just looks in and tells him, tells Kofi that he's gonna be not only fighting for not only fighting for the championship, but fighting for his career, because he's gonna destroy him. And like he was just so impassionate. And it was just a great it was just a great look. Bobby Lashley looks like how he's supposed to look. So those are my picks so far for W Championship as well. As the money as well as the money in the bank. Sorry about that. Um something came across my screen. Next up, we have the women's Money in the Bank ladder match for a shot at either the Raw or SmackDown Women's Championship. So in the match, in the match we have Asuka, Naomi, Alexa Bliss, Nikki Ash, A-S-H, which stands for Almost a Superhero. Since the last time I've been up here, Nikki Cross has taken on a superhero gimmick. Very similar to to the Hurricane and what was his name? Rosie. Now, normally I'll just be like, this is ridiculous. It's stupid. Why is it just coming out of nowhere? It'd be nice if there was some type of explanation for it. But I'm all for it. I'm just like, okay, let's just see how let's see how it works. So this is something that she's wanted too. So I think I think it's gonna suck, but I think it's gonna be similar to like the hurricane, like I said. Um, you got her going up against along with Liv Morgan, Zelina Vega, who had re- just returned, and everybody was getting on her case about returning and how she was supposed to start start up funding and starting a union for wrestlers and all this talk, but. And all these politicians were talking about, about all this stuff. And we all know that it's not going to happen. 
I think it was Jesse Ventura who tried it one time. And Hogan had kind of snitched him out to Vince. And he got to the point that, hey, we're these guys can't sit together in a room and discuss what they want to eat for lunch, let alone what, what they're going to do about this union. It's, it's not going to happen, and I can't see it actually happening. So, people who are getting on her about that need to chill. Also, also joining them would be Natalia and Tamina. Like, they were kind of teasing the last spot on who was going to be in there. And they just ended up just giving it to Tamina. I think it has something to do with the whole thing of... The whole thing of, um... Of, um... Dang, I'm losing track. I'm losing my train of thought. I apologize, you guys. It's been a long day. But... With Bailey getting injured, it kind of threw a curveball and everything. So they had to fill they had to fill one spot, which they did with Liv Morgan, and who replaced Carmella, who challenged Bianca Belair. So well, she challenged her. She ended up challenging her on on SmackDown, the first SmackDown in front of fans. So. For this match, there was growing tension between between Sonya Deville and Liv Morgan that I really feel like Sonya Deville might return. I feel like she might return to the in-ring action and win the Money in the Bank ladder match. That would be awesome. But I really I really want to say Selena, um, Zelina Vega. Having her come back. It might be too soon, but I would love to see that. But my pick is definitely somebody somebody who's not even in the match. Speaking of women's championship, next match. Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte Flair for the Raw Women's Championship. I think these women are going to keep going back and forth forever. I just hope this is going to be one of their good matches. <sighs> Man. I really see I really see Rhea Ripley winning this. But I just feel like they're gonna have Charlotte Flair win this and then they have the rematch at SummerSlam. Like I feel like they really want to have these two just kinda just go back and forth forever. So Rhea's my pick. We also have the Raw Tag Team Championships. We have AJ Styles and Omos. Taking on the Viking Raiders. Now, AJ Styles and Omos won the won the championship back at WrestleMania. And they haven't defended it since. So here we are. We just got a random match. Um I think that they had some type of I think they had some type of tournament or whatever. I got I got bored of Raw. I didn't get a chance to watch it on you guys. So that was my fault. SmackDown was way more interesting. It always is. But there wasn't really much going on. Not much build up or anything for this. So I really feel like I really feel like they should be putting the titles on the Viking Raiders. They haven't done much of anything with them. But I'm probably gonna go with AJ Styles. 
and Omos retaining the tag team titles. Um, I think that they're going to save a title change for SummerSlam. They want to try and, of course, they want to try and have something for, for the first live pay per view. But I feel like they want to save something big for the big pay per view, one of the big four. All right, and finally, we have the main event. Obviously, it's going to be the main event. Roman Reigns versus Edge for the Universal Championship. Now, Edge has been on a tear against Roman. I mean, he's been taking he's taking out Jimmy, he's taking out Jay, and for some reason he's he's done a crossface with a bar stuck in their mouth trying to rip their heads off. Like it's been it's been intense, and Edge has always been magic on the microphone with his with his passionate promos. It's just you so badly want to see him win. Like he just seems ready to take the title from Roman, and it's been a long while since he's had a world championship, and it's going to be even longer. My prediction is Roman retaining the title, and he's going on to SummerSlam. Now, who they're going to have against them, not sure just yet. But I'm truly, I truly believe that Roman is actually going to be defending the title at SummerSlam. And he's not losing it tonight. So there you are. These are my predictions for Money in the Bank. I hope you guys enjoyed my show. I really appreciate you guys sticking with me throughout this whole ordeal. Me stumbling over my words and everything like that. And I hope some of my predictions come true. Hope a few are false. But we'll find out. So you guys, tune in later on tonight and possibly tomorrow. Where I actually go over Money in the Bank. Until then, as always, be well, stay safe, take care. Remember, when money talks, people listen. Catch you later. Four Corners of Entertainment, bringing you the best in wrestling, movies, and video games. Available on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Pandora, and many more.